I think double ending the deal is a really common practice that I'm seeing and I just need you to think twice before you double end a deal. My name is Yafa Sakeja. I'm the CEO of Ben and Plan. And today I want to talk about how often I see brokers acting as both the agent of record on the benefit plan and also another type of vendor, such as the HR manager, the CFO, the mortgage broker, an investor or other. So I don't know. I'm shocked at how often this comes up. It seems like it's a practice that, you know, when I sat my licensing exam and it talks about things like coercion and twisting and all that stuff, like all the ethics modules that we learn about, um, not wanting to have like too much undue influence over your client really comes into play quite often in real life. And so I wanted to share five real examples when I saw a group fire their broker and hire a new one because of this concept of like double ending the deal or basically layering up um, both your commission and then also a different fee from a different product or service that you're selling. There is a fine line because if a lot of you are listening are financial advisors and it's completely normal and fine and actually better for you to help your customer with more than one financial need. So it's fine to say, Hey, I'm helping with benefits. I'm also helping with the RSP also helping with the whole life that I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is when you cross the line of like exiting the role of financial advisor and entering the role of vendor or um, different type of licensed professional. So if you're, if you're starting to operate with somebody with a different license, you're just starting to cross the line. And I think I've seen a lot of people act in the comfort zone where if it's a friend or if it's a longstanding colleague, you've known the owner for a long time, it just feels like this comfy, cozy relationship that can never get disturbed. But I'm telling you, I've seen so often when that business owner sells their business or when they start to move the relationship onto their, um, HR or C, or, you know, uh, financial uh, representatives at their own company, as soon as those people step into those roles, they start to get their spotty senses up. And if it feels wrong, they're going to act on it. So I want to talk about one AOR I saw come through recently. And I called the broker yesterday, said, hey, what's up? Like, what happened here? And so they won this new AOR. And I was like, hey, that's great. Good for you. But then when I found out what happened previously, basically this um, small company had uh, you know, the owner's typical story. So the owners had hired, I think, a friend that to run their benefits, but they had also become their CFO. So the broker was also the CFO of the company. Um, and this happened for years. Like the company has been around for many, many years. And only recently when the owners decided to step back from the role and have one of their um, employees who is actually um, a partner or like promoted to be partner come in and they're, they're now the new managing director. They saw that and they were like, wait a minute, what? So we have somebody who's supposed to take care of our finances and they're also a vendor and they make commission. That's really weird. And not only was it weird, but then, you know, I think the, the, the person could have probably saved the relationship if they were upfront and honest. But as we've seen so many times, and as you need to be really careful and like manage your emotions here, when they started to ask the CFO questions about the benefits relationship, they were dodgy about it. They were clandestine. They didn't share the whole honest truth. They didn't lay it bare and look them in the eyes and say, here is what it is. Here's what I earn. Here's how it works. They dragged their feet. They waited for information. They didn't share everything right away. Uh, you know, the renewals they sent, I mean, look, if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you're probably good enough as an advisor that you're not doing this anyways, but 
if this is the first time you're listening to this and you're starting to hide information from your client or you're sitting on it and you're saying, let's make them wait two weeks because like they're going to fire us. So like, let me just drag it out. So they have one extra month of commission that I don't get the charge back. Don't do that. <laughs> Stop doing that. Um, because all of that got these got the clients back up, and then they were like, "Okay, we want to move as soon as possible. We don't want to move carriers." They signed an AOR that afternoon, and it was done. Like that's it. So all of that money, all of that commissions, big chargeback, it's gone. Um, I want to tell you another story. So I once sat on my, I, w- I had a condo that I owned, and I was sat on the condo board. I noticed that the condo property management company had the same name as the insurance broker who sold the policy. So when I asked the property manager about this, and I was like, is there a relationship? Is it non-arm's length? Is it arm's length? What's the deal here? They were so clandestine, so they didn't really share. They just gave me a one-word answer. When I asked about shopping the plan, they just gave me one sentence like, no, we're not going to do that. So that just told me like, okay, like, look, I'm not going to be angry if you tell me, hey, yes, I mean, the brother of the founder of this company is also a broker and that's the relationship. That's not cause to be angry. What's cause to be angry is hiding the information. So if this family is making both money on the property management and commission off the insurance sale, and they're not telling you, it just feels a little odd because what else are you not telling us? Like, is this policy in the best interest of the customer? That was a real example. Um, the other thing I noticed is we we get so many brokers that are mortgage brokers too. They're like, oh, I do the mortgage too. I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, but is it fine? Like, does your client know the difference and... I don't know. It's just such a fine line because if it's legal and the regulator's okay with it, like why should you be concerned? I'm saying you should be concerned because if if it's going to get your client's ethical radar up um, and they're not sure that it feels kosher, then it's probably not a good idea to do. You know, the last thing I'll talk about are HR consultancies. I see this so often. It's like shocking. Maybe once a month we get some sort of call from one of our advisors who's like, hey, um, I was told to make this person a plan administrator for this client. They have a different email address. And when I looked up the company, it was not just an HR consultancy. It's also a benefits broker. And I'm feeling weird about that. I'm like, yeah, you should feel off. Does the client feel off? The client know what they're doing? I can't tell you how often I see this happening. It sounds like it's something that, again, a line that you shouldn't cross because you're a vendor and you're also a hired gun for the company. Um, It just, it feels wrong. And so I think, you know, not just telling you about why you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't double in the deal. But I think the other thing is, well, okay, what happens when you do come across this? And if the client's okay with it, how do you gently start to tell the client that this is crossing an ethical boundary without disturbing the relationship? Because I've seen it both ways. I've seen it happen where the broker tells the client point blank, hey, your HR manager is also your benefits broker and they're making commission. And do you know how much commission they're making? And are you okay with that? And sometimes when you come guns a blazing, that can intimidate the client because if they're not prepared or if they're scared, they might feel embarrassed. They might feel like they're caught um, you know, with something that they didn't understand. So I don't know, you've got to really understand and read the room, read the emotions of the person. If there's somebody who is okay with confrontation, if they're not okay, because, you know, it's amazing how often we notice how clients behave because they're afraid of looking, um, unsophisticated. They're afraid of looking like they don't know what they're talking about. I can't, 
I don't believe it because I don't work that way. If I don't know something, I'm like, can you explain this to me as if I'm eight years old? And that doesn't bother my ego or my emotions to say that. But I think there are a lot of people out there, especially plan administrators, who might feel intimidated by knowledge that is taking them back. So, you know, how I've coached brokers to deal with it is just to start to make sure that, you know, in a calm, fact-based manner, you are putting that information across don't ask the client to comment on it just yet. Don't ask for their opinion right away. Just say, hey, looked into this. I note, I noticed that they're also a broker, and I also noticed that brokers make commission off the sale of products. Um, they are licensed, so I don't know if you want to look up their license in your provincial or state regulator, and yeah, they are licensed to collect life insurance and health insurance commissions. I would just kind of share the facts. Um, I would share it early. I would share it often and just make sure that they're aware. I would just put it on the table. Don't. I wouldn't make the client act on it. I wouldn't force them to give me their opinion. I think they've got to sit with that information and start to stew because remember we have other dynamics internally you could have the owner that refuses to let somebody go and they say no no this person's been my friend for years and I trust them and leave them alone business owners are often surrounded by people like that um, if you look at people um, you know even people in the public lie in politicians every day you're just like uh you know, wow, I can't believe that person is still surrounded with these people. Why are they like that? And it's sometimes it's loyalty. Sometimes they're loyal to that person and they're loyal because maybe they helped them once when they were younger. I've seen this happen all the time with brokers. You know, maybe when they were kids, they, you know, the broker helped them out of a tough situation and now that owner just totally trusts them. But you just don't want to breach that trust. You don't want to cross the line. Um, the last, the very last thing I'll say is I once saw something, it's exceedingly rare. Don't do this. If you're thinking of doing it, think twice. Hopefully you're not doing this, but I did once see a broker who charged commission on the deal. So on the group benefit plan. And also one day I, this is real life. I can't even make this up. So the client uh, forwarded an, an invoice to our admin team. They said, Hey, uh, this is a second benefits invoice I received this month. I'm new in this like bookkeeping role. Can you walk me through this? And so our team didn't know what to do. They sent it forward. It got escalated to me. I looked at it and what was happening was the advisor had actually invoiced the customer for their commission. But I knew that we had already advanced commission to that broker. So when I looked at it, I was like, this can't be true. This can't be a double, double up of commission. Like you charge 6% on the health and dental commission, which we've already paid in. Then you went and invoiced the client $12,000 for that year. I mean, that broker got fired, unfortunately. Um, they were fired from their job as well because it just was so egregious. So again, Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not doing that, but you've got to be really, and if, you know, listen to the other episode about always tell your client what you've earned. It is okay to tell your clients what you earn. In fact, oftentimes when you tell them, especially small businesses or medium businesses, like once they see that, they might say, I can't believe how little you earn. Like you only earn $3,000 commission off our deal and you do all this work. We're spending, you know, 60, a hundred thousand dollars off of this. Like, yeah, Fine. Um, so just, if you're not sure about the legitimacy of something, you know, ask around, ask your peers, ask your colleagues. It's okay. You're not going to you know, get in trouble if you're asking questions. I think over-communication is always the key. So anyways, thanks for listening. My name is Yaffa Sakaja. You can contact me by emailing yaffa at beneplan.ca, or you can follow us on any social platform at beneplan.ca. 
All right. Take care. Bye-bye.